0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. This week on Citizen K.
1: A lot of the times, it can feel kind of frustrating if you don't necessarily play an instrument to a certain degree of proficiency, or you don't play any instruments, or, um, you know, if you have this passion for music, but you don't know, you don't feel like you have an outlet for it. um, It's nice to sort of be able to, like, create something of your own um, to be given the resources to do that so you know if you can come in here with no instruments and create something that sounds totally different than what someone else might do two minutes after
0: you know i said it on the show last week and i'll say it again this week i don't ever intend to create a themed show but it just so happens that this week the theme is uh, something i certainly love and i think as a listener to cfrc you probably have an appreciation for as well the theme is music this week And uh, we're going to be speaking with a founder of a Queen's University club, or collective, if you will, that uh, basically has the mission statement that anyone can make music. We'll learn more about that coming up. But first, well, this one goes back to my roots in a way. You see, before I came on as a local journalism initiative reporter here at CFRC, I hosted a jazz radio show that uh, really focused on new movements within jazz, and I hosted that for about a decade and through that I interviewed a lot of uh, great names in jazz and a lot of up-and-coming artists in jazz. So my first interview here on today's show is a conversation with pianist, composer, and vocalist Michael Casehammer, who draws from jazz, booty-woody, classical, rock and roll, and lots more. And he'll be coming to Kingston, making a stop at the Grand Theatre this Friday night. And he joins me now to talk about the tour and his latest album, and also the music that he was inspired by growing up. So i followed your music over the years. I had the chance to see you live at the Markham Jazz Festival several years back. And one thing I really took away is, whether listening to an album of yours or seeing you live, it's going to be an eclectic experience. And I'm wondering if that's reflective at all of the music that you were exposed to growing up.
2: Yeah, I think that's... You you, um, hit the nail on the head there. I think... um the fact that you know for myself I see the whole thing as just my thing, my style. And I I um I see myself as a piano player, not as a jazz piano player, not as a boogie-woogie piano. I'm just a piano player. But the um the influences my music has or the writing has comes from exactly that. Songs, um styles I grew up listening to. It started with Listening to my dad play ragtime and and uh, stride piano when I was five six years old, I uh, started classical lessons when I was seven. I um my mom took me to a little Richard concert when I was fourteen. I uh, you know and then there was the records at home with lots of Count Basie and Jerry Lee and stuff like that. So um, it's all good music and. Uh, for me, and I'm still to this day, I love that music, all of those artists. Um, that's kind of what comes out.
0: Interesting how, you, you know, all of those come from, say, the, the 20s through till about the late 50s, you know, going from Ragtime to uh, to Count Basie and uh, Little Richard that you mentioned there. Um, so w- would you say that, that it really it's that era that really sort of shaped your love and appreciation of music in general?
2: Well, um I I think for piano playing, it definitely did. Um, you know, I at the time when I was growing up in Germany, <clears throat> all these artists I mentioned were what I got exposed to through my parents. But then in school, I had friends as well, and I was a huge ACDC fan. I was in, them, in their fan club, and I was, you know, like this was like the time when they put the razor's edge out, and they were on the radio. So I listened to a lot of hard rock and pop music and Phil Collins and whatever um, was on the radio at the time, and, and TV was a big thing. Uh, so that influenced me as well, because uh, as a listener, I listened to a lot of that stuff, but it didn't really influence my piano playing, per se, at the time, you know.
0: Excellent. And uh, just to further expand, uh, for example, uh, you, you can go from a jazz standards, say, caravan, to, you know, taking care of business by uh, BTO. Uh, in, in the same show. So I mean, certainly, you know, as you touch on, yeah, there's that influence on your piano playing, and then there's just the influence of the music that, you know, you were exposed to growing up as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and that's where the songwriting comes in, you know, for, for songwriting, um, all those, all those different styles um, have influenced me. Um, and, and especially for writing l- songs with lyrics, um, I'm a big fan of the traditional, verse pre-chorus chorus chorus kind of you know like even like beatles or tom petty or like that kind of songwriting thing i i love that
0: now is is this your first uh tour following the pandemic
2: it is yeah we did a few uh one-off shows between late spring and now i guess and this is the first actual tour we're on yeah and it's actually the longest tour i've been on in canada
0: Awesome, and I understand that really what this tour is, is it's giving us a, a bit of a preview in terms of uh, your, your new album that's set to come out, uh, Turn It Up, and I understand you also just released a record uh, just earlier in the fall, The Warehouse Sessions. Uh, so tell us a little bit about first of all The Warehouse Sessions and then I'd uh, love to know a little more about what's, uh, what we can look
2: forward to with Turn It Up. Well The Warehouse Sessions was a, uh, a session we did at the Warehouse Studio in Vancouver Um, as a trio. This is uh, with David Pilch, who's a great bassist, um, originally from Toronto, uh, located in the States, and a New Orleans drummer named Johnny Vidakovich. And we met in um, Vancouver just before the pandemic, and we just hung out in the studio and played. We pressed record in the morning and played, um, usually one take of songs, like either jazz standards or things we talked about. And... During the pandemic, I, I wasn't actually thinking of releasing that material, but during the pandemic, I had time to listen to those sessions and like them. And then so I really thought people should hear some of that stuff too. And I packaged it, I you know, just edited the best 9, 10 songs out, and we put it out as the warehouse sessions in uh, October. Um, the uh, The record coming out in March, Turn It Up, is a little more thought through. It's, um, I reconnected with a producer friend of mine from Toronto, Ron Lopata, who's a great producer and um, used to play keyboards with Jack Soul and a bunch of other groups. And we started uh, working on songs that I wrote during the pandemic. And he has a very, um, his production style is very, very much contemporary in the the pop vein. So uh, he took my songs and kind of packaged it into something more current. Uh, so that's what will come out in, uh, in March, Turn It Up. I'm really excited about that.
0: And you touched briefly on um, some of the influences on your songwriting, and are we going to see uh, and have a chance to experience some more of, 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 your, of, of your compositions on this tour and in the new album?
2: Yeah, Turn It Up is uh, it's actually all originals, except we did a cover of um, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Ah, uh, yes, Queen, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, um, you know, going through the record collection, that seemed like something that stuck out and that felt like this would translate very well to the piano. Um, but the rest is all original songs, and we're, you know, on the tour, I, I have a pool of songs that I know work from past recordings that I know work in front of an audience or and with the band, but there's definitely... A whole bunch of new songs from this um, uh, "Turn It Up" record that we're previewing on this tour and trying out, really, in front of an audience because we couldn't <laughs> during the pandemic. What are some of those songs that
0: you find uh, that that pe- people really love in, in live performances?
2: Honestly, usually it's the uh, it's just it depends on the on the groove. Uh, a lot of the songs that I play that. Um, are from previous recordings. Are songs that um, are easy to connect to rhythmically. You know that either are um, kind of medium tempo and very steady, and have a cool and nice chorus to it, um, like Kisses in Zanzibar or um, Rendezvous or those kind of songs from previous recordings. That's what kind of stuck through the years. There's also a song, uh, Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield's People Get Ready that we, um, that we do as a quartet, sometimes as a trio, depending on uh, how we feel that night. And that is always a winner. Somehow, you know, certain songs, the melody is so strong, you just have to let the song carry you. And that, night, that song is a winner every night. Beautiful.
0: So I understand you'll be here in Kingston um, next Friday, the twenty fifth of November.
2: Uh, have you played Kingston before? Yeah, I've been at the Grand Theatre before, but it's a long time ago, and I um, don't know the year. Okay. And I also understand this
0: is your last Ontario date before you head out west. Yes.
2: Yeah, we'll be driving to the airport uh, next morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. And uh, you're looking forward to to coming back to the Grand Theatre next week.
2: Very much. Yeah. It's uh, you know, like it's one of those places that. Um, like visually too when you're inside and on stage it's it's beautiful and uh, i haven't been there i know they did some renovations there a little while back but i haven't been there since then so i'm i'm very excited and i hope um, kingston will come out too and share the night with us you know
0: excellent and uh, and following that i understand as we talked about earlier you'll be uh, we can look forward to a new album coming out in the new year anything else you have on the go
2: yeah, there's a couple of projects that uh, um, that I'm trying to get off the ground that uh, kind of came about during the pandemic. I wrote a, a book about my travels in China. I used to, uh, before the pandemic, went over to China once a year to, um, to tour, do a big tour, 20, 25 dates. And so I wrote about that, trying to get that out there. Um, and also I love cooking. Uh, so we uh, we shot a pilot with a station on Vancouver Island to do a cooking show, which is going to air next spring. And um, maybe we'll turn that into a series.
0: Oh, very nice. Yes, I, I did see uh, when I was scanning your website, you have some, some pretty interesting recipes for people to look at
2: there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, cooking is just as much a passion as music is for me.
0: Beautiful. And uh, speaking of your website, it's just casehammer.com is the best place to, uh, to connect. Okay.
2: You can get all your tour info there and listen to music and everything else. Get recipes.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, Michael K. Sammer, thank you very much for joining me on the show today and certainly look forward to, to catching you live in town next week. It was a pleasure. Nice to talk to you. That was my conversation with pianist, composer, vocalist Michael K. Hammer. You're listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna. I was on Queen's University campus checking out the Union Gallery just the other day, and when I was there, I saw Q-Wave. Now, Q-Wave is Queen's Music Production Collective, and they were hosting a sound play event, which basically allowed anybody to come in and start mixing some sounds and making their own music. Here's a little sample of what that sounded like. Pretty neat, eh? I even gave it a little try. It was a lot of fun. Here's my conversation with Q-Wave founder Adam Ben David.
1: Yeah, I founded Q-Wave um, uh, three years ago when I was in first year. Um, I just sort of uh, wanted to learn more about the concept of music production. And uh, I, um, I yeah, that's, that's about it. And then I started with a couple of friends and then it's grown to like a collective of over like 200 kids.
0: 200? Wow!
1: That, that includes, like, alumni, uh, faculty, um, students, both former and present. So, yeah, it's been, like, over four years.
0: Excellent. And, I mean, we're here today at the Union Gallery uh, and um, basically allowing people to come in and basically try their hand at, at, uh, at basically creating and playing with some sounds. Um, tell me a bit about what the experience you hope to create through through this. So, uh, the sound play is... Um, You know, it's exactly what it almost sounds like.
1: I mean, it's just the um, opportunity for um, people to just come in and and create their own versions of sound that already exist. And I know that a lot of the times it can feel kind of frustrating if you don't necessarily play an instrument to a certain degree of proficiency or you don't play any instruments or, um, you know, if you have this passion for music but you don't don't feel like you have an outlet for it. um, It's nice to sort of be able to, like, create something of your own um, to be given the resources to do that so you know if you can come in here with no instruments and create something that sounds totally different than what someone else might do two minutes after yeah
0: it's the idea that anyone can make music
1: exactly that's kind of like the big that is the mission statement of QWave: is that anyone can make music and we try to um, break down as many barriers as possible to that
0: well tell me about some of those barriers that that are being broken through this
1: Um, I would say a big one is um, we recognize that finances are a huge barrier when making music. I mean, instruments are, you know, exorbitantly expensive. Um, you know instruments software all that so through the funding that the school gets from you know from the, that the club gets from our opt-out fee um, we're able to provide uh, these resources for free we don't charge any um, membership fee we don't charge we have a studio on campus uh, that members are free to use um, no charge there and then we set up events like these where we can reach the greater public in the Kingston community and uh, encourage people to just kind of like dive into the world
0: of sound Yeah. So t- tell me where people can. So if someone's interested in, in coming out to a, a uh, to a QWave meeting, w- where can people find you?
1: Uh, if you visit um, www.theqwave.ca, you'll find all the information you need. There's a calendar with events per week um, listed there. There's um, you know all sorts of different resources. There's a sign-up button, um, and then when you sign up, you get access right away to free software that um, is uh, you know granted by
0: our sponsors. So nice people can you know also take this home with them and play play at home
1: exactly yeah and that's the idea is that you get a digital audio workstation for free and then you can start sort of messing around with sounds by yourself and we host um, seminars and weekly tutorials to teach people how to use that software that we give them so that we don't leave them in the dark You know. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: very cool very cool and this is open to anybody who's interested
1: uh... yeah it's you know it's there's really there's no limits i mean it's uh, it's basically open to all Queen students, uh, Kingston uh, members, uh, basically anyone.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Just a good chance to come in and just play with some sound and create a soundscape of your own. And uh, in terms of sourcing sounds and finding sounds that work together, is this something that is also kind of covered in seminars? Um, yeah. I mean, sound selection
1: uh, is a very important aspect of creating music. Um, but it can also kind of feel limiting um, in a certain degree. So I think it's walking that fine balance between like, oh, um, I want to make an R&B song. Um, maybe I shouldn't use a heavy metal distorted guitar, but also like, maybe I should. <laughs> you know, maybe I want to do something a bit different. Um, so I think sound selection can both be a blessing and a curse, um, and you have to be able to sort of find walk, walk that fine line. And, you know, Q-Wave is always happy to help sort of... Um, Talk about that and see where that leads people. For
0: sure. Yeah. I guess, and it's a chance to experiment and see see what combinations you, you can come up with. Really.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's all about the the infinite. Is infinitude a word? I don't know. The infinity I, of know, the, the the infinity of possibilities that uh, lie before you when you have
0: uh, the world of sound at your fingertips. So for sure. Well, you're majoring in life science and, and also minoring in music. Um, you know, down the road, you know, once you graduate, you know, could you see, uh, you know, using some of what you're doing within QA, perhaps in, in a future career? Um, I definitely think that
1: I'm going to be focusing more on the music side of things. Um, life science is incredibly interesting. And, you know, especially my specialization of infectious diseases and, and microbiology, is, you know, so great. I just think that um, wave and my minor has sort of led me to this path of uh, maybe investing a bit more time in in the scene of music. And so that's sort of something that I'm hoping to be able to discover. And if I think that that was at any point maybe not the right choice, maybe I'll go back and decide something else. But I'm going to give music a shot and I hope that it uh, pans out.
0: (laughs) Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was my conversation with Queen's University Music Collective Q-Wave founder, Adam Ben-David. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Karim Mosna.